well. <laughs> I love how everything so there's there's always like a, a Jerry story starts off with well. <laughs> well, because it's it's truly a story, you know. Um I wrote a novel. A lot of people who know me know this story. I wrote my first novel accidentally after um being a poet and writing poems. I had attempted to write a poem. Um, needed to explain the poem further, and it turned into a novel. So I contacted a publisher. Um, the novel got published. So that was about eight years ago, mm -hmm. um, give or take. And I it, I just started selling the novel because, you know, I'm a big talker, and I had a lot of clients at the hair salon and they bought the novel. They, uh, I did book signings and did a lot. Well, the novel stopped selling. I didn't know to go further with it. And uh -huh. I'm like, why ain't nobody buying it this month? I didn't get another <laughs> check. So I was driving down the strip and I seen Varsity Theater. And I'm like, do they have plays? What do they do there? Found out they had plays here. And I said, well, I'm going to write a play about my novel. So I came up with an idea of a play called Varsity Theater, stopped by and met um, this woman at the time. I forget her name was, but she was um, the head of all the um, people who would rent out the Varsity. And I, she came in and showed me the uh, theater. Uh -huh. the, the East, the East the Room. East, yeah. And so I went in there. I looked at the stage. I looked around. And I, I looked up there and I said, oh, I'll hang something there and I'll be the ghost narrator <laughs> and I will make this happen. And it was like I already had a play, but I didn't even have it written. Uh -huh. But she thought I did. And so we made it. <laughs> we got a date and I had to go home and write a play because I got a date. You know, I'm putting on this play at the Varsity <laughs> Theater. So that's how I got into it. I wasn't even thinking I was going to be an actress or singing, doing anything, but uh -huh. being behind the scenes. And thank God I was because I didn't have any clue. I had never put on a play before. I wrote it after <laughs> talking to her. And so when I... This play was put on. I they was like, well, who's gonna do your lights? I said, lights. <laughs> yes, yeah, someone has to do your lights, and so I'm here getting trained about lights. Well, I had someone to work the lights for me, but I had to wear a headset and coach the person who was working the lights. Mm -hmm. Bring them down, bring them up, bring them down, take it up. <laughs> And on this side, I had a microphone and I was narrating. So after narrating, I would push mute, bring it down, unmute, back to narrating. And not only that, I would have to go on the other side of the curtain mm -hmm. and go get everybody ready in the back because I was, you know, my produce everything. And I had to. Because I wanted to do this. Yeah. You know, we had a big choir. We sold out. The the place sold out. We had people everywhere. On top of that, it was when you could have, we had food. So we had a big buffet dinner beforehand. Um, soul food cooking by Big Bell. And it was just a big, big event for uh -huh. Carbonell. And so people were asking, when is that girl coming back? What are you, <laughs> does she have another event? So there you have it. I then was like, okay, this is something I can do. Yeah. And then I was like, well, boy, but that was big. It was a lot of people. We had kids. I mean, this play had 20-something people. Mm -hmm. And so... I was like, if I go again, I want to do something smaller. And then, you know, I did the poetic um, event with mm -hmm. just like six people. And I fell in love with the theater even more then. And I began to act, you know. And I had friends that said, you seem like a natural actress. But I've never looked at myself like that mm -hmm. to really be performing in that way, you know. And then I, it was natural. 
So I started. Now I'm here today. Um, I have a show that comes on every week uh, that came from one of my uh, spun off of one of the plays that I've done called A Good Man. And um, I really love this show. It has so much potential. The storyline just keeps growing. And I'm the writer. You know, sometimes I'm up writing three, four shows at a time. Uh -huh. Sometimes I'm like, it's Sunday and the show is going to be needs to be shot that evening or on Monday and I haven't written it to about 15 minutes before the show mm -hmm. and I'm got I have to do it myself because I can't expect my actors um my actresses and actors to learn it yeah. in 15 minutes so I'll write something and <laughs> do it last minute but you know it all just kind of comes together it all comes together <laughs> <laughs> it's fun and and we're going to come together for episode 61 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives and tie it all back to this little old place we call home. And somebody who I love to share this home with, Jerry Young, previously Jerry Locke. I'm so, I'm so happy for you and, and Solomon and your, and your matrimony. And it's just, it's, it's lovely when you, when you meet two people separately and then they come together and I just and you're just like, oh, that makes sense. These these people click so well and they're just good folks <laughs> together. I I love it. But I, I didn't and I didn't realize that that your first like run at doing um acting and, and performing and, and managing uh a play was here. I I didn't I didn't realize that it that it all originated from the varsity. So like that's, that's special. Jerry, yeah. that's exciting. It's really special. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is you know I'm I'm crazy about the Voice City Theater. Yeah, it was my first first time yeah. in like a theater. I had never even been in the Voice City. Yeah. I didn't know ex it existed. Well, you can't really I tell driving by it. It looks like no. I didn't know the, the, the stage company. You know, did yeah. plays and. At the time that I did that first play, they yeah. they hadn't been doing many. Yeah. Things had dust on it. Oh, I yeah. remember pulling down a um a a wooden house, but it was small, you know, uh -huh. and it, it was made by artists here in Carbondale. Well, I was like, Can I use this? And it was like, yeah, you know, you can it, be careful. Nobody's used that in years. Well, <laughs> I I used it, and I had people that told me, thank you. We haven't seen props like that used in so long. Yeah. You know, it, it hadn't been used. Yeah. So we had a lot of stuff. We brought out old benches to make the church with that, <laughs> you know, had been, you know, things had set up for a while. They hadn't been doing much yeah. at that time. But it seemed like it sparked a little fire up under them because by the second time I was in here, it was like, okay, you got to wait. They build in a, a set and, you know, so I got used to that yeah. and I was able to do sets a little better because I, I was looking like, well, boy, that's a little easier. You know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's amazing how many skills it takes to produce anything that's some form of stage art yes right and that's something that i that i like resonates with me like you're you've got you've got three other skill sets beyond being able to be your own actor beyond being your own writer beyond being your own videographer and choreographer and whatever else you're also building your own sets and doing everything mm -hmm. i mean it's just you you cover the gamut and it's like it's astonishing how much one person can shoulder when they like have this vision and they want to bring their creativity to fruition. Like yeah. I see it, Jerry, and I, and I love it. And I, so did you, did you have the, 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 the blue is blue a name is blue an idea is blue a feeling like where does the blue concept originate from? It is all those things that you said. It it has went through. It be it was a <clears throat> a feeling mm -hmm. to an idea to a name. So that's kind of. I'm glad you said that. Um, when I started off, and I look back at my plays, I look back at the flyers. Mm -hmm. 
Is My Heaven Your Hell play was uh, red. You know, the everything about it was red, red, mm -hmm. uh, black and white, um, flashy red colors. You know, Is My Heaven Your Hell. And um, I had no idea of anything about blue. Mm -hmm. I didn't even care about the color blue. You know, it's a boy color, blue, blue, whatever. <laughs> I was a, uh, had been a hip hop artist, mm -hmm. uh, kind of gospel singing from, you know, and I had no idea about any blue stuff in my mind. Well, by the time we done Bitter Broken Bees, it was red too. You know, mm -hmm. I was still in the red. We had that. But at that time, I had been introduced to a new world that was looking at me like, is she younger? You know, how old is she? You know, so I have young men approaching me and wanting to date me. And at the same time, I can't find a husband. I, well, I, there's not one dropping from the sky that's my age, you know, and here I am, you know, divorced and just some average to the world. You know, I know now that I'm not just average. I'm yeah. fine like everybody else is. But, you know, yeah. and, and society makes us think that we are to be like this person or this person, you know. So, you know, I knew that I was just somebody that society would look at as just some regular woman that's not someone standing out to just get a... Uh, a man, and I needed a good man because I had daughters. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't just have any man. But anyway, <laughs> I uh, decided to date the ones that showed me more uh, attention, and they were younger. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't any my age that wanted to take me on dates. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I, was got, I was on Facebook, and somebody called me a cougar. And I said, well, what is that? I didn't even know what that was, a cougar. And so I, they said, yeah, that's them women wanting young guys. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh, no, mm -hmm. I don't I didn't want no young guy. They like me. And I can't even stop them from getting on this Facebook, <laughs> liking my pictures and, and all that. And, and that, so, and I don't really want them like that. I mean, I can't have babies and all this. And so anyway, I said, people are calling me this cougar, but I got the blues about this. <laughs> and it's the cougar blues. <laughs> and so every, that blue, I just kept on cougar blues. Everybody wants to hear the story about the cougar blues. So I made a song called uh, The Cougar Wiggle that talked about the cougar blues. We, uh, I made a play called The Cougar Blues. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of the play, I started having the whole mindset of different shades of blue because, you know, I wrote the play mm -hmm. about Osina because mm -hmm. she had the deep, ocean blues mm -hmm. and then the other girl in the salon had arctic blues and the other one had um sky blue joyful blue and the other one had midnight blue submissive blues mm -hmm. and and it goes on so i came up with the shades of blue and i was like oh 12 shades of blue i'll have a 12 shades of blue calendar and i use all these young guys <laughs> and 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 you know marketed this whole cougar thing mm -hmm. i i put them for each month as a different shade of blue and so this idea of blue was it was an idea this feeling a feeling bad of the blues mm -hmm. became an idea that made the whole 12 Shades of Blue idea. So then it was 12 Shades of Blue Productions. I made a 12 Shades of Blue album with songs on it, and it just went on and on and on, you know, the 12 Shades of Blue. But I still didn't know what the blue really meant until after I had done enough Cougar Blues plays, we did The Blues Is All Right, mm -hmm. which was still a spinoff of Cougar Blues. Mm -hmm. And Osina was red, and uh, everybody wanted her back blue because at least when she was blue, she understood the blues of others, and she was she was able to help them mm -hmm. through the blues instead of just being red and not caring. So 
my friend Joyce Heskett called me late at night. Little lady, <laughs> 80-some years. She just turned 86 years old. Called me after the play. You know I get out of here really late mm -hmm. out of the theater. After I've packed up everything there, I'm sitting there. She calls me. She says, do you know what you got on your hands? She said, I don't think you know, do you? <laughs> she said, it's something you did with the color blue tonight that is really magical. And I, I was like, what? She says, well, I have a book for you. So tomorrow, I, I want to give you the book because it'll really explain it to you. But it's magical. It's you're coming into your true self. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how this lady telling me from my play, I'm coming <laughs> into my true self with blues. Wow. So I was so excited. I couldn't wait to go get the book. So I went to her house the next day and I got the book. It was a book about chakra, um, the chakra system. And, and she had a card that described the color blue. And when I read it, it was me in that mm -hmm. play and everything that I had been striving to, to be heard. You know, you, when you are an artist and you do something like that, you do it to be heard if you want to help um, the community, but no one listens. You can write a play and they will listen to something, even if they don't remember nothing, but she got the cougar blues. They mm -hmm. remember something, so you are being heard. So that card described that of communication. And then the blue chakra, man, this is really deep to me. It talked about rising to the level of the throat chakra of being heard, speaking, being able to speak with substance so that people can hear. Because mm -hmm. you're just speaking anything down in a low vibration, but you're, you're starting to get at a higher vibration where people can connect with you more. So I'm like, wow. Then it starts talking about healing. And it says the blue chakra is um, associated with diabetes and thyroid conditions. And what you, and you can and it and it's associated with water. And there's a healing in this. You can heal the diabetes um, and the thyroid conditions. Uh, by simply speaking truthfully love. And I was like, well, how can that be? You know, it's something to that effect. I haven't mm -hmm. read it in a long time, but yeah. it, it has something <laughs> to do with the, you know, the, the truthfully speaking love. Mm -hmm. Like it's, and it says something to the fact that it's easy to say I love you when somebody is all good and doing things for you. But it's harder to really say I love you and mean it to somebody that ain't did nothing for you. Mm -hmm. So it talked about that. And I was like, wow, that's something that this is all represented in this color. Well, now I'm in Blue Deals and Hills mm -hmm. is my my pop up shop and. And my whole theme of my life is bringing the sunshine through the blues. Mm -hmm. And so, and healing through with my spices, with um, my plays, with my music, with my poetry, with anything that I do, it's bringing the sunshine through the blues and dealing with life and healing. And so diabetes, thyroid conditions, a lot of that has to do with because we eat to have too much salt or too much different, you know, different, don't get enough nutrients, uh, magnesium. So things happened back then that I didn't know was going to be the right here in front of me, leading mm -hmm. me on the path that I'm, I'm in right now with this blue. So blue is just steadily going. It was a feeling, an idea, and that was my name. Everybody knows me as Miss Blue. <laughs>
I can't believe you got rid of that blue car. <laughs> well, I got, you know, I got rid of it because it, the white car, people read the license plates better. Blue unique. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can put a sticker on it. And, and I like the end. When I had the blue car, I didn't know that my theme was bringing the sunshine through the blues. Uh -huh. I thought it was just. Being blue, blue. It was still just, then. this is just my color and that's yeah i didn't know that yellow was associated that's why now when you see me at the farmer's market mm -hmm. everybody says wow i love your setup with all this yellow and blue mm -hmm. and so today it still was cloudy and a, a man walked by he said well maybe you sell more shake lemon shake ups if the sun was out, I said, oh, the sun is already out right here. <laughs> and the lemon shake-up soul. Because, uh, you know, if you speak and think good thoughts, good things happen. So to have a quote like that, bringing the sun through the blues, mm -hmm. and to want to bring the sun through everybody's blues, good things are going to happen. So... Lemon shakeups did sell in the clouds. <laughs> through the clouds. I got I, I don't. I don't spend enough time at the farmers market. We did. We did a lot. We were doing a lot of farmers market last year, but haven't done so much this year. The mm -hmm. um, what? So what initially brought you to Carbondale? How long have you been in town for? Because you're. I mean, you're originally from Southern Illinois, right? I'm originally from Tams, Illinois, okay. but I worked in Carbondale at J.C. hair salon for uh 17 years. Oh wow! Almost 18 years. I say seven yeah but it was going on 18 years I stopped working at JC Penney Salon in 2017 um during that time in 2017 is when you know me and my man Solomon uh <laughs> got together and he was he was staying up here and I was staying down there you mm -hmm. know we was a seeing each other on weekends and he had started this hot dog cart business and I was working up, I was still coming up here and I do little things that I, you know, I could do. Mm -hmm. And then it just happened that somebody told me they would buy my house. And he was like, you know, it would be good if you, you moved up here because um, it would be good for you anyway, you know, because uh -huh. you could do your play. You know, I would do those plays and drive <laughs> down there and be tired, living an hour away and trying to get, you know, rehearsals. I mean, and that's stuff. a that's a for seventeen years to 17 make that years, drive, Jerry. I did that it. is, yeah. <laughs> I I I thought I had no choice. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I done that for seventeen years, and I'm glad I don't have to do it now. But anyway, so I moved up here a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, it was exactly what I needed so that I didn't have to drive far to do the things that I do. I do a lot. Yeah. So if I can cut out, okay, I can't do this because I got to drive up there. I got to come back and mm -hmm. check on my kid mm -hmm. or do this. Well, I can get away with doing more and... As you know, a lot of the things that I'm doing is still at a build. I'm still building. Yeah. Sometimes I start over, but I don't give up. You know, <laughs> it, it it keeps going. I know that I'm doing this for a reason. And even when I think I'm going to give up, like right before Solomon came in my life, I was like, oh, I ain't oh no, I'm not having any more plays. I, I was done. Uh-huh. At the Cougar Blues. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, no more. That's too much dealing <laughs> with people. And and no. And he watched them all, and he said, uh, no, that's what you're supposed to do. You're mm -hmm. fan. He said, do you not know that you're a star? Is nobody <laughs> telling you that? Uh, and then he was even telling people, why y'all don't have her book? Uh -huh. uh, uh, why you didn't buy her, her stuff? She's a star. <laughs> and I'm just like, Wow. This man thinks I'm a star? <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, I, I didn't get that. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter. Sometimes people think, well, why wouldn't you? No, no. No. It was always what's wrong with me. It wasn't you're doing anything right mm -hmm. by people who were closer to me. It was mostly like, what's wrong with you? Like, okay, you, you okay, but if I was you, I would do this, 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 and that. But 
they would never do that and yeah. never tell me exactly what to do, and they never done it. And some things I would try to adjust and do, but it wouldn't always work. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't be following my mind. So to have someone to come and just say, keep do you, yeah, do that and continue. And I love that because I recently learned something not that long ago about criticism. And I knew that I always would write quotes, but it was to do with my own feelings. Mm -hmm. Like I would write quotes like, don't be so quick to criticize everybody. Um, get your own mind out of critical condition and, and that. <laughs> and I, would, I wrote, <laughs> but I recently read um, from the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad a, a quote that he had in a book that's talked about People should not be so critical because when they criticize people and they call it, oh, I'm just helpful, giving you mm -hmm. helpful criticism. Most of the time when they doing that, they stunt a person's growth mm -hmm. because they are putting their own ideas, their own thoughts onto this person instead of allowing this person to grow mm -hmm. into their own mm -hmm. ideas and thoughts, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And a lot of people do that. They could say, oh, no, it was just helpful criticism. No, it was your, I, your thought. Yeah. You know, you may say, well, if I was you, um, I would wear <clears throat> black pants instead of blue. Mm -hmm. but, you, but, but the person had done really thought about, I should wear blue pants. Uh, no, you should wear black pants. Yeah. That's putting your own thought instead of letting that person wear the blue pants. And then the, somebody was in the audience and said, God, them, them blue pants was horrible. Maybe it should have been black. She could grow into mm -hmm. it. You know, like, well, everybody hated the blue pants. Taking it on through your own experience more than just having the, your own foundation of thought shaken up because somebody else's suggestions. It's like, it's not until you've done it yourself and you know what changes you need to make. Does yeah. that make it your own? It makes it your, yeah. And you grow instead of being like so many people, which a lot of people are, especially artists mm -hmm. are completely <laughs> stopped uh -huh. in their tracks. Yeah. You know how many people I meet that they say, oh, I used to write plays or, oh, I used to sing or I wrote, I wrote books or it, all, things that I do. Yeah. I know so many people who have done these things, but they, they're stopped in their tracks because of people who cannot let someone grow. They always have to, you know, oh, well, you can't sing. There's people who are filthy rich from songs that there's somebody sitting there saying they can't sing. Mm -hmm. So your perspective on if someone can sing to you should just be yours. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm -hmm. people who you can have children and one of them can have a passion for singing and he may have a song that could be like the stupidest to you and I, mm -hmm. but he has a support system, especially the people that's closest to him mm -hmm. that says, because this is what's good about it, that he even has the desire to want to put out something that's in him. That's the biggest thing to mm -hmm. me about it. So he has a support system that says, that's great, son, or that's great, cousin, nephew, friend. Keep going. Keep rehearsing. Yes, we, we, we're behind you. Those are the ones who making the, the big bucks from doing something. And it may be, oh, God, I don't even like that song. And then you got somebody over here. Boy, they have always... I don't know why they never did make it. Mm -hmm. They have always been able to sing so well, but they have people that say, you know what? You can really, you, you can, you can. Mm -hmm. 
can kind of sing. But if you did mm -hmm. this with mm -hmm. your voice, you may be like so-and-so or this. And that person is stuck. And they don't get to go to where they could go to. If someone would just support them, the unique talent of them, mm -hmm. instead of they have to fit in a bubble. Jerry, I didn't know how much I needed this conversation today. <laughs> I'm serious right now. I I feel criticism from so many different directions. And I mean, and arguably that's part of the position that I put myself in, yeah. like getting into a more public place with my life, anywhere from politics to stage to community development to, you know, what I do with with this brand online and it's just like it's it's constant people telling you what you should do and how you should act and how you should this and it's like i have my own very like deeply held like belief mm -hmm. in this place and the work that i do and mm -hmm. like my vision for it and like i've never really sat down with somebody and had them just be like to say, and you're, you're not saying this directly to me, right? You're talking about this broadly, but like mm -hmm. anybody that you are having this conversation with, you are telling that to them specifically. Right. And like, I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> and it's like a weight just kind of off my shoulders. Like, man, every time that, that somebody says something to me and I just kind of smile and nod and accept their criticism, move on. But like, I feel a little chunk taken away from me each time. Cause I yeah. like, I want to be like, well, why can't you see my vision? Why can't you see what I'm trying to put out there? And it's like now, I don't know. I mean, just moving forward. Maybe I just don't, maybe I just, that's, I just say it like, Hey, it's okay. It's not your vision. You don't see it. That's fine. I'm just going to keep doing it until you do see it. That's exactly the mindset. <sighs> That's exactly what you have to do. If I had not got to that point, I wouldn't be doing anything that I am today. Yeah. Anything. I wouldn't be doing it. But I had to get to that point. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't do that anymore. I'm yeah. like, okay. I mean, I was hanging my head like, okay, I won't do any more music. <clears throat> I, I, I won't um, write any more books. Yeah. And literally, <clears throat> when I got over and that part of my life of worrying about my helpful critics, uh -huh. I, I make helpful songs. Helpful critics. That's helpful critics. What a way to phrase it. Helpful critics. <laughs> yeah, my helpful critics. <laughs> I make so many songs. Oh, I get to... I'm a, I'm a songwriter and songs come in my head every day. I have songs that I have not even went to the studio with that I sing. And I'm like, did I make that yet? Yeah. Did I write it yet? Oh, I think I did write, write that one. Like I, I'm like, okay, I did. I, I got two or three written that I can go to the studio with. I, I've, um, made sure I've disciplined myself to try to go once a month. Mm -hmm. And that way I support the young man that he's been in my plays before. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'll go to him once a month and make a song instead of, uh, because I can go and make five. That's how songs come to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, they may not ever get real big. Who knows? Yeah. But the thing is, they are, if one person says, oh, that song did, I, I get messages from people from my songs and they say, man, that song did something for me. Mm -hmm. And they'd be surprised, like, you wrote that? I'm like, yes, I write all my songs. And now look what God has done for me. Mm -hmm. I know how to take my songs, put them in the background of my podcast and it's not going to be copyrighted because I didn't drop it on iTunes. Yeah. I just went to the studio, got it to sound like what, what you, you know, when I put it on the, uh, the different platforms. But I'm just going to use it for my show. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use it on the podcast or for my workout video. Yeah. Um, me and Solomon did a workout video for our newest baby, which is our non-for-profit, the Soldier Project. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. 
we've been talking about that soldier project for a long time. Mm -hmm. And last night, I was I was telling him, I said, you know, a lot of people have non-for-profits and stuff, I guess, in businesses uh, because they want to start something. Mm -hmm. But we didn't. We developed this non-for-profit because it was it was already our life. Yeah. Soldier Project was already things that we have been doing. And we're like, oh, this this, this is a project. <laughs> and I'm like, Soldier, Solomon and Joshi, which is one of my books that'll be coming out of the Soldier Project, mm -hmm. is, well, Soldier <clears throat> or Soldier Project. I don't know which name I'm going to name it, depending on what I Google. If I have a if I have something in my mind and I Google it and it shows up too much, I'll change a letter in mm -hmm. it or something so that you can Google and see it's my book. Yeah. But that book will be coming out shortly, and it is a fiction story that turns into nonfiction. So it's gonna be pretty neat because it's gonna start with a story mm -hmm. and then it's gonna end with the life of. Solomon and Joshi, which is the names that I'm Jerry and his real name is Sullivan. Mm -hmm. But Solomon is a name he chose a while ago. And Joshi is a name I chose. And it just reminds us of our higher selves, uh, higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. So Soja is a project of helping people around us get into a higher self, whether it be higher mental, physical, spiritual, economic, uh, economical, whatever self, yeah. you know, just a higher being. It is to, to have gotten to, to see the, the growth firsthand, right? It's like to, to just, to just be, uh, you know, adjacent to, your story is uh, again, it, it just, it just gives you some kind of energy, right? Like, and we're, we're all kind of this way, right? Like we can all look at each other and go, Oh, they're doing this and they're getting there. And like, that gives me more hope about what I'm doing. And, mm -hmm. and it all becomes reciprocal. And all of a sudden you've got dozens of people all doing different things, looking at each other and going, well, if they can do that, then I can do this. And if I can do this, then this person can do that. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you've got this whole, you know, little, little world of people that are just doing what they think is going to make the world a little bit better. <laughs> and that's just, and that's, and you know, that's what it's all about. Cause like you were saying, community development, um, you start with self, <coughs> you deal with family yeah. and family can be, like you, family, family is like, you know, people, you know, know, you yeah. know, that's, that's still family. And then community, um, branching out, uh, everyone branching out and then to the world. Yeah. So you make the world a better place and, if and communities be better. And, and something like what you do, right. You, you begin to amplify the the energy that you're putting off right when you when you start to scale up right it's like okay well i've done i've done one poem i've done one play i've done one song and whatever mm -hmm. it's like okay i put off a little bit here but after nearly a decade of being in that and then getting the businesses involved in it and then finding a partner to work on this with and then that mm -hmm. partner being successful in what they're doing and now mm -hmm. all of a sudden people just know you guys and they see you and now all of a sudden you know, they don't even have to be super close to be able to stop by the stand or to be able to see a play and to feel mm -hmm. so much more connected to it mm -hmm. than just driving by and going, oh, that's nice. Right. Like people, people have really embraced everything. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, not, not that I want to, I want to get off too much on the, on, on, um, you know, the, the Sydney and Solomon's food, food business. But I mean, that's another one of those things that people have just gravitated towards and they, and they just 
love it and it's not like it's it doesn't feel like any old hot dog cart it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 literally our life and what makes it really special is Solomon's vision because this this was his vision mm-hmm. you know he partnered with uh Sydney Logwood Reverend Logwood that helped him get this started and you know now I'm a partner of it but mm-hmm. you know we keep the Sydney Solomon because it's, you know, it just goes. Yeah, you know? S&S Foods. Yeah, you, you want to keep that. Because <laughs> Reverend Logwood, he's just wonderful. And as a tribute, you know, you yeah. keep that name. But it, um, the vision of Solomon's and this hot dog cart is so, it's, it's, it's just so beautiful. He, he wants... For others, Mm -hmm. what he has for himself. And so he has a a peace and a freedom in his mind Mm -hmm. when it comes to working, you know, and doing things. He, He understands how to build something that he can work hard on himself. Mm hmm you know, to make it in this world, not having to depend on if someone is going to hire him mm-hmm. or if he's going to get treated bad on a job mm-hmm. because of the color of his skin. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, that's not pulling the race card. That's just how it is. It's very or real. because he did things, you know, that, you know, wasn't right, you know, mm-hmm. before and, and got in some trouble. So, but he's a good person. Yeah. But that could stop him from getting employment or something mm-hmm. to being able to improve his life, improve mm-hmm. his family's life. So this hot dog cart vision is him having something to put out in the community that helps build jobs and not only help give jobs like somebody there working at the hot dog cart for him, but as they are working there for him, he is teaching them and showing them mm-hmm. and mentoring them how to be self-sustainable, mm-hmm. how to say, okay, I can, uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to buy my cart. And I, I'm going to do it at a, at over here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this with mine. And so you are taking someone off the, you know, the, it may be a young man that would be, on the streets, you know, confused, like, I don't know, I need money quicker, this. Mm-hmm. But he sees you pacing yourself at a pace that, oh, it'll build. This is what this can build mm-hmm. to, you know, when you when you work hard, when you get up early in the morning. You know, he has a young man that works with him, and he gets this, I mean, they're up at yeah. running five Four or five o'clock in the morning, he they do a workout. And he's that's so important to be able to run the hot dog cart. And some people may, oh, well, it's just no. This young man working out and Solomon that workout ethic, mm-hmm. that discipline helps you have a better attitude, not get tired if mm-hmm. you have a, a, a rush, you know. So his vision is just beautiful, and I love being a part of it. I'm the I. He'll tell people when they, he talks to them. They <laughs> say, "Oh, he tells us. He just brags on you of helping him with that, you know." <laughs> and I just look like, boy, I guess I do. We do the same yeah. for each other because everything that I do with my setting up at the farmers market, believe me, he. Gets up in the morning and he helps me be able to put, you know, the blue deals and heels. Mm-hmm. We are connected. We are a team. And it is just really beautiful to be a part of, yeah. you know, that vision of his coming to life. Uh, and it just, you know, it, it, it puts into perspective for so many folks like, hey, it's going to take some time. But guess what? It's not going to take that much time. No. Right. I mean, what? This is three this is the Three fourth half, year. Fourth year yeah. into into the business like into that. It, yeah. You know, for 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 some folks, they may look and go, man, 
that's so much. But at the same time, it's like four years to get to where it is now. That's just nothing. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just yeah. do it. And then on the other side of it, when, when it's all there, you're going to get to see what the fruits of your labor are. And the fruits of your labor aren't just money in money. hand. Yeah. It's, it's the people that are along for the ride Yes, and the people, I mean, you know, I just, I'm, that is, I, I've always struggled with that food, exercise, just general wellness, mm-hmm. right? Is is where I really come up short in in life. And and Solomon's just you know his his structure on like this is it. <laughs> is right. it does he does he push you in uh, along with with those with those things as well? Do you get? He don't have he, to. He just it's, comes. I know. You know, that's a part of us equally yoked. We, um, he don't have to. I know that I am his pharmacy. Yeah. Our pharmacy is not, I'm, I'm in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I'm like his doctor. Yeah. And his pharmacy. I make sure as what I fix for him, I fix for me. And we are healthier physically mentally and spiritually yeah. we just are we uh the our diets our workout ethic help us deal with um things when we're upset or troubled yeah. you know the you build strength along the way mm-hmm. and it's tested when you go through things and so we are going through things easier now you know, as uh, easier, you know, now than we have, you know, in the past Mm -hmm. as we have steadily gotten better and stronger on this journey. And anybody can do it, which is so wonderful. Yeah. Nothing that he does is that hard, or I do. Yeah, he, he may run a little much. He can carry himself there, but the diet part is simple. It's a mind thing, mm-hmm. and it's simply getting to the point of not even wanting to have a whole bunch of different things all the time. Yeah. So if you just say, okay, on the weekend, um, my daughter that's uh, about to be 15, I took her to Popeye's Chicken today. On the week, she texts me, uh, it's Friday. On Fridays and Saturdays, Mom, I get to choose what I want. Uh, like that Mm -hmm. so but she likes our like she likes the food I fix but during the week she like (laughs) our our this week we had bean loaf Mm -hmm. uh and she was sitting there eating it saying gosh this is so good it really (laughs) tastes better than meatloaf Mm -hmm. and it's that just you know so (laughs) she she likes it and it's become a part of her life yeah so Sullivan eating this bean loaf is not even just because it's what well, it's loaded with the amount of nutrient mm-hmm. where I can look at him eating something and know that he's getting the level yeah. that he needs yeah. for that day, not yeah. for once a week, every single mm-hmm. day. So he doesn't have to push me because we both on it's that there. same page. We, um, he did, he didn't ever push me even at the beginning. Yeah. He showed me. Yeah. So his lifestyle was in front of me and he never once said, well, you need to uh, be a vegetarian or you need to um, eat Navy beans or you need to get up and go work out. He never once talked to me like that. Mm -hmm. When we got together, he showed me, well, I'm about to go work out and this is how I eat. When we, you know, met and I seen his, I seen how beautiful he was. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about beautiful appearance. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about beautiful spirit through so many different things. And I was like, boy, how is he like that? And here I am fussing about stuff, everything. (laughs) I'm going around mad about this, mad about my job, mad about my kids, mad about this. And he was so calm and pleasant in, in so many different situations. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be like that. I wanted some of that peace. 
And so I knew, well, you know, I got to probably do what he doing. I'm going to get rid of, <laughs> I'm going to change my diet. And I started feeling better and I wanted more and get more understanding. And so he let me grow to, to understanding on my own. He did not criticize me, any push anything. Yeah. We just grew together. Well, and that, that strength you develop along the way. Yes. Right. Is the, the things in front of you don't get easier. No. It's like the your ability to carry the things in front of you gets more manageable because of the strength you build along the way. Another Correct. thing that I'm just at so many <laughs> ah, I just needed this. That was this, a Jerry. great way. I just was... needed this. I, I I'm sorry I'm sorry that I'm taking so much of this from you <laughs> for, for today. But but uh, uh, you know I, I I do these podcasts sometimes and I if I have people that'll just be like you know I. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I needed out of this until I came in here and I talked with you today. And for like, you know, on 61 of these that, I, that I'm into now, and, I, and I've taken tons of cool stuff away from it. But like, this is this is the episode where I feel like I'm coming into this and it's like, I, I, I needed this yeah. in return. Now that, that gets me to kind of my, my next, my next uh, you know, bit of conversation here, which is what you've done with the house and how you've taken the stage life during COVID times and brought it inside. And I mean, you've, you've turned part of your house into a studio, right? And it's like, that is, that is using all of the skills and all of the strength that you've developed thus far to like go to the next step with what you're doing. What is, what has that been like to just like become your own television studio at home? Well, it's wonderful, but the, the, the biggest reason I done this was not for me. Uh -huh. I, you know, when I'm, when I'm going places and people, when is, you know, uh, you're going to have another play when he plays, but the, the theaters are shut down. They can't, you know, yeah. have a play. And I write a lot. And unfortunately, I can't afford a theater every time you turn around to yeah. put on what I if I could be in the varsity theater or somewhere every week, I could put on a production yeah. every week. You know, I can't yeah, just absolutely. do that. You gotta sell tickets and all that. Well, I look at people who need an outlet. Mm -hmm. There's so many talented people around us that people don't have a clue they're there. So when I put that together in my house, one of um the young ladies uh, that was, she's she was in the play A Good Man, mm -hmm. and um, she's now in the show. She has so much talent, like to the point that I could be doing, we could be shooting a show, and she'll be like, you know, I should say this or do this, and it just makes the show. I'm like, mm -hmm. gosh, you know, you're smart, but. She need, <laughs> needs an outlet mm -hmm. of somewhere. And, I, you know, so when I put that together in my house, I sent her pictures like, look, I, I got something here mm -hmm. in the house. Come <laughs> and we can shoot a show. Uh -huh. We didn't even know we would have anyone else because yeah. the other girl that was in the show uh, with me, we were we were friends and then we're no longer friends like. She's not my friend anymore, and so I can't just say, oh, you want to come do the show, which it doesn't matter. You yeah. know, it's not. So I called uh, Kendall Blakemore, uh, Clatrice Oliver, Tracy, and I told her, well, come on over. We'll just kind of freestyle it and do a show. So she came. And we just put this show, it was, it became a show and we put it out there, you know, and it was like, okay, well, I was like, okay, I'll write some more now. Uh -huh. <laughs> so how did, you know, I already had to set stuff at home. I just wanted to know if this could really work mm -hmm. and boy, it, it just worked. And, you know, I did it so she could have an outlet. She's a wonderful comedian, really smart. And she needed something to me to yeah. show the world look I'm still I, I'm here you know I'm an actress I'm a comedian I'm here so mm -hmm. I was like I gotta come up with something yeah. a way to keep her on the stage you know so 
I, that's what it was really for. And then it's, it's growing where um, we've, we ended up getting somebody to play the other character, mm -hmm. and she's phenomenal. I think uh, I want to say the stage company or somebody has asked her to be in. She was – I didn't even know she did all the acting. Uh -huh. She did, Her name is Jasmine Wiley. But she played in um, – you know, when they have the movie they shot out at Giant City, mm -hmm. she was in that, and she is a – she is something too, so just <laughs> wonderful. So they never give me any trouble. Mm -hmm. They're so nice to me. And sometimes we have to bend and do this and shoot this day or can't do it this day, but we get it done. Yeah. And um, so it's wonderful. And we can do it at any time because you know, we ain't at the theater. <laughs> what, what's interesting on, on that, right? Talking about being flexible, talking about being being willing to work with folks. Cause that's, that's what a lot of people may not understand who, who have not spent time on stage in a band as a performer shooting or filming or whatever is the, the amount of flexibility that you have to have, right? The fluidity that you've got to be willing to work with. Cause not everything's going to happen like you want or think it's going to happen. You just got to work with it. And this mm -hmm. is so interesting to me because this, this ties into, I was just listening to NPR earlier today and, and one of the, uh, the actors from a handmaid's tale, um, one of the, one of the main characters was, was on there and she was talking about, you know, the, the reason why she gets by so well as an actor is because she always goes into projects and with having the mindset and and make sure that she's with people that have the mindset of no judgment here. Mm -hmm. It's like this is art. We're creating something. We don't necessarily know exactly what that end product's going to look like, but we're going to have to find it together. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can't get mad at somebody one way or the other or get upset or get frustrated because something, you know, one component of this much larger piece of art may not go off exactly like you want to. And people don't quite understand mm -hmm. exactly how much goes into making something like these podcasts I've set up to be able to be like one shot and done because I mm -hmm. want to be able to get a frequency of media out there and, and, mm -hmm. and, but, but, you know, for something like just a three to five minute video, people don't understand, like, if you're going to sit there and edit it and try and capture sound and capture sound from one device and video from another and try and bring it all together, how much work that it's really takes. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, Excuse me. Yeah. And I like what you said about the, there's no wrong. Yeah. It's the most beautiful art is, you know, our, plays I you know that none of those have been like everything that I've written yeah. and I'm like boy I think that scene was supposed to be here uh -huh. <laughs> this is supposed to be there but <laughs> oh well it ends up being great yeah how it turns out you know when people don't even you know it, it's so funny I'm I'm I can't I, I am not a musician I'm not able to 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 sing or play an instrument or, you know, I can play dance, dance revolution. That's about as far as I get with my feet. Mm -hmm. It's, um, but the, the, when, when people are on stage and they're performing and they'll come off stage and they're like, Oh, I messed this up and I messed that up. And, you know, like highlight three different or eight different places where they feel mm -hmm. like they went wrong in the show. And it's like, but look at the crowd. What yeah, the crowd noticed. The, the crowd right. noticed the body of work. They're yeah. not looking at the note that you missed or or the song where you were off mm -hmm. on a lyric or whatever else. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, now if granted, if you went up there and you just, you know, banged on a cymbal for an hour, the audience is gonna make note of that and respond accordingly, right? But if mm -hmm. you go up there with your best intentions and you just produce art like you think you want to or can produce art, the audience is gonna respond to that. Uh, my my wife. When, when we were first talking about, like, I, I watched like the first video or two or something was like, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, try and do this with a microphone mm -hmm. if you can, um, you know, just, just, you know, trying to, trying to throw out there an idea to help you pick up some better sound quality on those videos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Maria starts watching these videos and like mm -hmm. after you recorded a couple with the microphone and, and you know, she was like, Oh, I can, I can hear this better. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Like she just got sucked into them. Okay. It was so, it was just <laughs> to, to see it happen. It, you know, it's just like, and, and that's it. Like that is, 
that is a a person who is consuming the media mm-hmm. and looking at it for the whole of the project and being like drawn to it and then taking something away from it. And it's like, thanks. Thank you for, for making that Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's it. That's the podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Episode uh, 61 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, Jerry Young, uh, our guest here. Uh, and as always folks have a good one, whatever that one may be.